0: With telecommuting on the rise, many luxury buyers are choosing to move to greener pastures. Today, get the inside scoop on buying and selling luxury real estate in Aspen, Colorado, an international ski resort town famous for its breathtaking views and year-round outdoor recreation. Whether you're buying your dream property or selling a million-dollar home, why not get the highest price and the best advice? This is Luxury Real Estate Talk, the art and business of buying and selling high-end homes with stories and insider knowledge from top luxury agents nationwide and around the globe. Here's our host, Rob Jensen. This is episode 26 with Doug Leibinger, a Compass Broker Associate and top producer in Aspen, Colorado. Hello, Doug. So how are things going in Aspen these days?
1: Thanks, Rob, for including me. Things are good, it's beautiful here. It's springtime in the Rockies and um, you know things are frankly very good here.
0: Fantastic, it looks like uh, on the Zoom that we're on right now, I can see some beautiful sunshine in the background. So during this COVID um, pandemic at the moment, how are things, how is that affecting your market?
1: Well, it, it certainly has slowed things down. Aspen, as you know, is a ski resort town. April and May are typically kind of our off season. So for us, we feel like off season just came a couple weeks early this year. So it's not different that different than it normally is. Um, I'm not sure how the summer's gonna play out, but I'm certainly talking to people that want to get out of the cities. I've spoken recently with people from New York and Miami and LA that all wanna come to Aspen this summer and escape the city reality. So, you know, working with a number of people on rentals, um, you know, kind of high end rentals. And certainly there are some people that are thinking about even relocating and moving here.
0: Got it. Yeah. Given that there seems to be this trend towards people working from home and people seeming to have some good success with doing, you know, cutting out the commute and the Zoom meetings and like, you know, who knows how long this is going to continue to play out even as things open with social distancing and people, you know, keeping their, staying safe. It seems like we might see a lot more of this with people willing to relocate to greener pastures, so to speak, to have a little more space from their neighbors and out of these more densely populated, populated urban areas.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. You know, it's interesting about five years ago, I started to see a trend of people leaving you know new york city or houston to come to aspen put their kids in school and they realized that they could telecommute and basically conduct most of their business uh just you know jumping on a plane every you know maybe once or twice a month um the schools here are top rated i mean some of the best in the certainly in the state of colorado and some of the best in the u.s so we're lucky in that front um i'm this trend started, you know, quite a while ago and now all of a sudden it seems like technological innovations, zoom calls like this one and uh, just the ability for people to uh, telecommute, it's going to change how aspen is. I think a lot of remote towns are going to, you know, find people moving because they want to choose to live here and they can still conduct business as they always have, uh, you know, but away from the cities.
0: Got it. And, you know, if these people, I don't remember exactly what's going on in terms of um, lockdowns and whatnot in Colorado, but how is this affecting your marketing approach to selling real estate in Aspen right now?
1: Well, certainly COVID related in the short term, um, it's allowed me to grow a nice full beard, which I don't normally don. And uh, I'm starting to ramp up on more technological innovations I've got three Matterport tours scheduled uh, actually this week. Um, I'm meeting a photographer on some of my larger listings to do that. Um, That technology is certainly innovative and new and I think is going to be crucial in these times of uncertainty when people are not sure when they can actually physically get out to see a house.
0: Yeah, the the Matterport tour, and just to explain it to the people listening that may not have heard of that before, it's basically... You know so we go in or the photographer goes in and basically scans every nook and cranny of a house so it then renders this you know three options you can have this full dollhouse view where you can look at the house from different angles and the floors you can look at it straight as a top-down floor plan the first or second or third levels or you can actually walk through the house and not be limited you know in the past these virtual tours were see you know had maybe five different zones where you could spin around in a circle but that was it whereas with these you literally can go in the closet look up look down look at the kitchen appliances you know and it's it's still no substitute for seeing home in person but in terms of you know convenience it's fantastic and it's a hundred times better well, than a maybe not a hundred times at least 50 times better than these yes. <laughs> facetime tours you know i i got a call just today from an agent clients are in California chomping at the bit to get out of town and, and look at property here, but she asked if she could do a FaceTime tour at the property, and I asked if they had, if, she, if her clients had seen the Matterport tour, because one of the things that's frustrating with FaceTime is you know, you're know, you relegated to wherever they're pointing the camera, and just a typical issue is when someone turns the camera towards an open you know, window, it's gonna get bright, and that sort of really blows out the screen, and it gets like a neutron star, and then you turn back around to the family room where it's dark again and all of a sudden the aperture like overcorrects and it turns into a cave so the light is not very balanced it's just not the best use of time so i said you know i told the agent i said look i'm more than happy to reach out to the sellers and see if we can get you in there to sort of chat you know talk your buyer through the property and just views and what what you think of it personally but can you just double check because she was quite confident they had looked at the tour and i said can you just double check and so she called they hadn't gotten the tour, so she sent it to them. They looked at it, and they decided that they weren't interested anymore. And I thought that was that was great. I mean, it may not sound like that was great if the buyer's not interested anymore, but they just, because the reality is they were going to come walk the house anyways and realize the floor plan didn't work or she was going to do this FaceTime thing. So it just saved people a lot of wasted time. And so I hope this you know push towards these 3D tours during this COVID pandemic just continues afterwards because I think it's such an important piece in marketing property these days, especially with everyone looking online.
1: I agree with you. Yeah, I think, you know, the technological innovations just get better and better all the time. I concur wholeheartedly that the FaceTime tour or the broker walking through their listing and just doing, you know, little video clips is, um, sometimes fails the mission and this will be a, a great, i got great technology that'll help
0: got it so in general when it's just normal time so to speak you know Aspen is a international marketplace I'm sure you've got people you know all across the U.S. and worldwide um, coming to both visit or whether it's part-time or second or third homes so how does that impact your marketing approach as a whole you know during just regular non-COVID times
1: Sure. I mean, Aspen is unique. I'd call it a small town for big city people. You know, we're blessed with unbelievable scenic beauty and immediate access to nature and recreation, but also have great culture and arts and terrific dining and great shopping. So it's, it has appealed to people from all over the world. Uh, I would say most of my clients, uh, predominantly there's a huge thrust from the texas markets, houston and austin, dallas, uh, chicago, la, new york, miami, a lot of the big cities that you would expect, but certainly, you know, international clients that appreciate the sophistication of aspen but also the sort of the small town friendly, uh, very warm and inviting feel. So, uh, my marketing is sort of tries to to spin on that. I it's a lot of lifestyle marketing certainly is. I'm an avid mountain biker and skier and climber and, you know, fly fisherman. So a lot of my marketing is sort of keyed in on the lifestyle experience that one gets here. Um, and then try to, you know, go the normal traditional channels of making sure that, you know, internet marketing and print marketing is done with class and sort of, you know, sophistication to appeal to those buyers.
0: Fantastic. Is there a strategy, you know, if a buyer is looking to come and buy an Aspen or even just explore it, is there a strategy on how to do that, so to speak? I've heard that even, you know, even if you're a skier, you should maybe, I mean, for Park City example, that, it, you know, it's better to maybe come look in the summertime because it's easier to get around, but then come back and ski in the winter and see how. What, what's your advice if a, if I'm a buyer looking to come buy an Aspen?
1: Well, Aspen has historically been known as a ski town and as a ski destination. So most people come in the winter initially, but we always say here that they stay for the summer. So if they've gotten a a dose of Aspen, you know, for a, a ski week and then they come back in June or July or August, all of a sudden they're completely committed because it's just so beautiful. I think summer in many ways is actually our best season and most people that discover that later on I think realize that and and they're kind of you know fully committed at that point
0: do you have many people looking to buy during the like dead of winter when when ski seasons in full swing and the streets are buried in snow is that people out still out shopping
1: there are and certainly people do want to look you know what I find it seems like most ski vacations if they're especially if you're bringing your family. It's a week, maybe it's 10 days, sometimes it's two weeks, and they're usually wanting to spend time on the slopes and with their family, so I will do showings often in the afternoon, you know, right after skiing's over three o'clock till five or six. Um, In the summertime, people often come for two or three weeks or a month or six weeks, and they've got more time on their hands and can really... A little more comprehensively, you know, search for property. So, summer is very busy for me. Um, Winter is is great, and there is certainly a cycle of busyness in December through March. Our again, kind of shoulder off season is April and May, and then again in October and November. But you know, summer's game on, and and most of winter is is game on, but it's it's relegated to afternoon showings, sort of post skiing typically.
0: Got it. And I'm familiar with the area and with Aspen and, you know, the, the road up there from Glenwood Springs all the way up through, you know, Elgebel and Basalt and whatnot. In terms of locale, do you folk? do you just work in Aspen or how far sort of down canyon or downstream or however you say it do you go? What like kind of what's your territory?
1: Right. So I'm I'm sitting here at my house, which is in basalt, which is about 20 minutes from Aspen, and I have found that, you know, my market uh, started initially because I was on the development team of a private club called the Roaring Fort Club, which is right in Basalt. And I found that my clients sort of went in a big circle from there up to Aspen and Snowmass and down towards there's an area called Missouri Heights that has spectacular views and, you know, heading towards Carbondale. I'd say generally my, my market area is mostly Aspen down to Carbondale. Um, I will take on a ranch or a river property, a pretty avid fly fisherman, as I mentioned. And so I've got a lot of river properties that I focus on and, and I'll take those further afield and, and a little bit, you know, further away from uh, the Aspen area in many cases. So. <clears throat>
0: Got it. What might be some things? I'm just curious, you know, because obviously that's very unique, definitely not something that happens in Las Vegas, but river properties in Aspen. (laughs) Do you own like halfway out into the river? Do you have some sort of right to fish or water rights? Or what does that generally involve if you own a riverfront property?
1: Yeah, no, it's a good question. So the Roaring Fork River runs all the way from the Continental Divide through Aspen and down to where it hits the Colorado River and then heads out your way and brings you water in Las Vegas and all the way out to California. The rivers in Colorado, typically if you own property that river is river frontage, your property line goes to the center of the river in most cases, not always, but in many cases, um, you can potentially block somebody from wading your section of land. uh, So they can't necessarily walk through your backyard but they can float by and fish you know, on a raft or a boat, and there's nothing that stops them. And then there's a lot of public access and a lot of public land that is, has been preserved. So people can wade fish or walk along the, the banks of a river for extended periods. And then they just either have to get permission from an owner or uh, figure out a way to you know, do a float by to access certain private property. So that's how it works here.
0: That's pretty, there's some pretty big ranches out there in general. I mean, what are some of the acreage sizes that these can range from?
1: So I just talked to a client uh, the other day, actually a Texas client, who's thinking about a property that is 900 acres. A lot of that acreage is actually put into a land trust. So it's a a fairly, fairly good size parcel. Um, I've got a couple of properties that are listed that have 60 or 70 acres, um, right now. And in order to get a development right anymore for large acres, you have to have at least 35 acres. So we see a lot of, you know, what I would deem as more gentlemen ranches, um, not taking any anything away from the ladies, but that's just how they're known, um, that are often 35 acres.
0: Got it. And then do those usually have water rights with them? So people don't have to have a huge, you know, water bill or how does that work?
1: Yeah, water rights here in, in this. You know, we're we're really kind of a high desert. It's not as deserty as Las Vegas, certainly, but um, it's fairly arid and and dry. But we do we are at the headwaters of the Rockies, so we do get you know great snowmelt and and good water. But you want to get a property that has water rights because it's it's crucial to being able to irrigate fields and pastures and you know, make sure that you've got landscaping around your house that has irrigation rights. So um, it's not necessarily, it doesn't go with every property. You have to make sure that you do your due diligence and and investigation, but that's that's what I'm here for. <laughs>
0: exactly. And without, without giving away all your secrets, are there any other sort of just buyer tips that might be really pertinent to your area? And, you know, for example, in Las Vegas, um, kind of two big ones that always come to my mind is just the orientation of the sun, you know, a west facing backyard can be pretty hot in Las Vegas in the summer, you know, the sun, you know, and in the winter the sun rises more in the south, so a south facing or yeah, south facing backyard can be kind of nice as you get more of that winter sun, but not in the summer. So there's there's things that have to do with the orientation of of the house and the the way you like the light or the way you want to enjoy your pool or backyard. Plus, I always pull my hair out. So far, there's plenty of hair to pull out, thank God. But uh, (laughs) when clients come to visit, and one of the biggest things, you know, people, you know, a lot of buyers coming from out of state, specifically California. And generally, their, you know, list involves considering Henderson, which is pretty much southeast Las Vegas. Very nice. You've got, you know, Summerlin, the west side of town, which is still technically Las Vegas. Summerlin's just a master plan a little more um, southwest area like Southern Highlands, and then even Lake Las Vegas, which is more east and a little south. And yet when these folks come to tour properties, they'll stay on the Strip. And the reason why that drives Mm -hmm. me nuts is, you know, look, if you're going to live in Vegas, you're going to have plenty of time to have fun at the Strip. And even if you're here, you could still go. But I always would just wish or plead that these folks when they're coming, if they're not sure what area they want to be in, if you're considering Henderson, spend one night at Green Valley Ranch, if, you know, and then the next night you can spend one night at the Red Rock Casino, you know, so you get a better feel of what, what it's like to be a local in terms of dining, accessibility, your morning coffee shop, you know, versus just being on the strip and not really getting a feel for the, the zones you're considering. Do you have any sort of just tips that you think could help buyers make the most of their process other than, of course, calling you
1: Sure. No, it's your points well taken about Las Vegas. And certainly, you know, I I've spent enough time in Vegas over the years that I would not want to live right near the strip. Although, you know, I'm sure you you get those requests. Um, I think for me and the clients that I work with here in this valley, and I I kind of consider it to be the Aspen Valley. uh, So it does extend down away from you know the center of town. It depends on what they're really interested in. If I know that they are specifically skiers and that their bigger, their, you know, their biggest driving force is kind of a ski and ski out property, then I'm gonna have them consider aspen, but I'm also gonna direct them towards aspen highlands or buttermilk or snowmass, which are we have four mountains here. And you know, Snowmass in particular has just amazing ski and ski out properties, uh, individual homes as well as condominiums. So that's a place to focus on. You know, if they're an avid fly fisherman and they're mostly going to be here during the summer, I'm probably going to have them look in Basalt, which is 20 minutes from Aspen and Snowmass, but is where two gold metal streams, the Roaring Fork River and the Frying Pan, meet. And so right at the is the little town of basalt and you know that's an a plus fishery sort of eccentric minded you know person's uh place to be so it just depends if they're equestrian minded and they, they like to horseback ride then they're probably even going to go a little bit further down valley and think in terms of the carbondale or missouri heights area where there's a lot of land and open space so it depends on what they're after and then i dry, try to direct them you know sort of in that direction. So depends on, on really, it's more lifestyle driven than anything, I would say.
0: Got it. Do you find, you know, pricing property out there to be tricky, just sort of given all the variables of whether it's, you know, acreage or mountain front or ski in ski out or, or you got the way of the land and you can still pull it off?
1: Well, I mean, listen, I've, I've lived in the Valley for 28 years. I've been in real estate for 25, uh, I certainly can help direct people from a, a market analysis perspective. Um, and I know the market. It, yeah, there's always the, the subtleties. I mean, a, a house in Aspen is going to be a lot higher on a price per square foot than a single family house in Snowmass or in Basalt or Woody Creek or you know further down, um, unless, of course, it's got some unique factor, a, a spectacular view, It's right on the river. It's got a lot of acreage, uh, you know, it's ski and ski out and that will drive the price up. And and there's I would say that Aspen and this valley is more micro segmented than a lot of places. You can't just put a generic price per square foot on any listing because there are so many unique factors that will take that price up or down accordingly, depending on those benefits.
0: Got it. I know you have an airport right there in Aspen. Um, how far to your other, like uh, Denver and Glenwood Springs, would you say, with the drive?
1: Yeah, so the beauty of Aspen certainly is the, the main Aspen airport's only 10 minutes from downtown. Um, a lot of people will actually fly into the Eagle Airport, which is about 50 miles from the Aspen area by road, and it's about 35 miles to Vail. So it's kind of in the middle of those two. And it's a bigger airport, has larger planes that come in. Uh, That's quite easy. And then Denver really isn't that bad a drive. It's about a three, three and a half hour drive, and it's a really beautiful drive. So many people will fly into Denver and then just rent a car and drive up um, that way. So
0: got it. Very exciting. Is there, you know, being such a, Small mountain town. Is there development still going on in the that zone, whether it's Aspen or Snowmass? Are they, are they actually doing any new builds or new condos or that kind of stuff?
1: You know, the, the answer for Aspen is generally no. There was a new hotel, the W, that was just approved, and they're selling that. It's partially fractional ownership, and I have a lot of clients that have bought fractional, you know, sort of high-end uh, fractionals over the, the years. Um, that was a new development. Most of the development per se in Aspen is redevelopment. So it's taking an old house, it's scraping it, rebuilding, or doing a major remodel. Snowmass Village is almost built out, but the new base village got approved a few years ago, and uh, there was a, a couple of new hotels and then quite a few condominiums. They've actually approved 10 new individual home sites right on the on the ski slopes right near the base, and then as you press further down valley towards Basalt and then Carbondale, there is more land that is undeveloped, and so we we continue to see some you know housing developments that are popping up, and and that will continue I would say for the next ten years. But I equate the valley as sort of like a you know a large Manhattan where we're surrounded completely by forest service and, and government land. And the the development area really is pretty limited for the whole valley. So that is part of the reason that you see prices just kind of continually edge up over time.
0: Got it. When it comes to redevelop or remodeling, I believe in California, you know, it's like you can keep sort of your current property taxes if you keep like one wall standing and, or you keep one original wall and then basically redo the whole house whereas if you tear the whole thing down and then start over it sort of gets triggered to be reassessed is that a similar case in aspen
1: it's it's not it's it's a little different than california so uh, the aspen area will reassess every 2 years so you know during the 2008 9 10 time frame we actually saw assessed values come down notably in 2000 and, you know eleven, twelve, thirteen. 12 13 and then they started to gradually cr- climb back up so the county assessors reassess based on values every 2 years and then judge accordingly so it you don't catch that sort of trick of keeping you know one wall intact and and a benefit of you know tapping into that old value it's it's completely reassessed at the current value
0: what about is there are there <clears throat> caps in place for like a primary resident so for example in Las Vegas if it's your primary residence, they can only raise a, your taxes a maximum of three percent a year.
1: So, uh, our area is known for very, very low taxes. You can buy a, a three million dollar house, and your taxes are fifteen thousand, eighteen thousand dollars for the whole year, and that doesn't, you know, go up. So, and a, a lot of that is because. You know, not only are we a second home market, but we're a fifth home market <laughs> and you have a, a limited amount of year round residents that are, ta- you know, taking advantage of the schools and the roads and the highways and parks and, and those things. So the tax basis is very low in comparison to, I mean, most of the rest of the country. I, I've got clients in Texas and California and New York that are paying 100 Thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in taxes for a house that's you know probably half as much as as valuable as maybe a property they own here. So it's it's a very notable difference. The one thing I will say is that in Aspen there is a one time buyer paid fee of one and a half percent at closing, and it's only one time, and it's always buyer paid. And in Snowmass, it's a one percent fee, and that goes directly to arts and culture and uh, parks and recreation, which is nice.
0: Got it. So that's the one-time buyer fee. Is there also a transfer? Not to get too technical here, but is there also a transfer tax? Because in Las Vegas, there's a five dollar. It's five dollars and ten cents per thousand as a transfer tax.
1: So, so that real estate transfer tax or RETT that I just mentioned is just in Aspen or just in Snowmass and within the town city limits and it's it is just a strict transfer tax at a a one-time basis it doesn't carry on on an annual
0: basis got it so that's exactly what the fee you just mentioned so yeah all right well that's very exciting so if someone's looking to get a hold of you to talk with you a little bit more directly about buying or selling what's the best way for them to reach you
1: well i appreciate you asking um you know you can always call my cell which is 970- 379-9045. three uh, seven nine nine zero four five my email is doug at compass.com so that's pretty easy to remember and somebody can certainly log on to my doug libinger.com website and get a hold of me that way so um and that's d-o-u-g-l-e-i-b-i-n-g-e-r.com so um but yeah happy to help anytime and certainly available to assist with the aspen lifestyle
0: Thanks for listening to Luxury Real Estate Talk with Rob Jensen. If you like what you heard, please share with your friends and colleagues and give us some stars. We would love to hear your feedback. Connect with Rob at robjensen.com.